Hey, and welcome to Hypnotize Me, the podcast about hypnosis, transformation, and healing. This is Dr. Elizabeth Bonet, and I'm your host. This podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment, nor should it be. If you need therapy or hypnotherapy, please seek a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so if you'd like to learn more about me, you can do that at my website, drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. Now on to our episode. Hi, Dr. Liz here. Thank you all so much for your emails, and I even got a call from someone saying that they're thinking of my right eye and helping me heal. I really, really appreciate that. It means so much to me. I just want to start off the episode by saying thank you. I'm grateful for you all. So This week is an interview with Ingrid Johnson, and this is a fascinating interview. I went into the interview not knowing what we were going to talk about at all. We had actually tried to schedule it twice, and the first time we had technical problems, and the second time it got canceled because of another reason. And after a couple of months, I reached back out to her and said, hey, do you still want to do that interview? And she said, sure, and it worked out this time. So I had no idea what we were going to talk about, and we talk about some interesting, interesting things like shamanic healing and how it relates to hypnosis and what's the difference. And then we talk about past life regression, as well as when is someone ready to heal. So I hope you really enjoy the interview. Let's jump in. Hi, Ingrid, welcome to Hypnotize Me. Hi, nice to be here. Yes, I'm so glad you made it. We had tried this for the listeners. We have tried this one (laughs) time previously and it didn't work out. So I am happy to be able to reschedule and get all the technical stuff worked out. Yeah, me too. That's great. So let's jump back in to our interview. I know you had trained with the Eastburns originally, Lindsay and Drake, correct? That's correct. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And for the listeners, I interview them on the podcast. Lindsay's interviewed in episode 29 about hypnofertility and Drake is interviewed in episode 42 about fear of flying and sports performance. Both of those are really fun interviews. So I imagine, I imagine they were really fun to do training with. They were. And my hypnofertility is really how I first got drawn into this field because I was not looking for hypnotherapy or didn't understand really what it was, but I heard the word hypnofertility and I was totally intrigued and I was doing some marketing and copywriting for a friend who has a nutraceutical company that makes a supplement that increases male fertility and it's patented for that, but no one is selling it in the U.S. So I thought it would be just this little foray of doing some research and, oh, you know, we can figure out a way to market this in the U.S. for male fertility. And when I Googled fertility and started doing some research, this word hypnofertility came up on my screen, which I had never seen before and had no idea what it was, but I was so intrigued. And that's, that led me down the path to finding Lindsay, meeting Lindsay, finding out that to become a hypnofertility practitioner, which I felt like I wanted to do, I had to become a hypnotherapist first. So it's really my entry point into the whole field of 
hypnotherapy. So fascinating. So you were in copywriting and sales before you became a hypnotherapist. Well, that, you know, I'm old, so I've done a lot Uh of different things. That was a very small part. I was doing freelance copywriting and most of my career really is in coaching. I was Ah. a parenting coach. I was a wellness coach. I studied many Ah. holistic modalities ranging from acupuncture and homeopathy and essential oils and all kinds of, you know, mainly starting when my kids were young and my kids are in their thirties now. So we're talking a Mm -hmm. while ago because I knew I didn't necessarily want to go to an MD and get a prescription for antibiotics every time somebody had a sore throat or, you know, some, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I started looking at what the options were and it led me on quite an extensive study of all these holistic modalities, many of which I still incorporate in different ways, mm-hmm. both in my life and in my work. Mm. Well, for the listeners who don't know what copywriting is, that's basically when you go to a website or you see a brochure or any kind of, really it's like, well, it's extended past sales. Traditionally, it used to refer to sales text on a page. So how do you write something so that it sells well? And now the definition is a little bit more broad, but I used to do copywriting myself. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. yeah. <laughs> and there's a yeah. lot of psychology to it. There really is. There is. And, you know, content is important on everything, whether it's online or back in, you know, the days when it was all paper. But yeah, content and the psychology of uh, that kind of communication, you know, and I'm looking at that all the time because I'm launching some new programs now and I'm really interested in reaching people who who are understanding and looking for what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm, definitely. So, but back to your hypnotherapy experience. So you had been in this holistic kind of mindset for a long time, like yes. finding holistic solutions. So then when you stumbled on this, though, it sounds like it it led to a new career for you, but also it just resonated on some kind of soul level for you. Absolutely. Hypnofertility completely fascinated me because I had never heard anyone talk about, let alone address the subconscious aspects of what's going on for the woman who's trying to get pregnant. And the stories I heard when I started hearing some of the testimonials that Lindsay had way back when I first met her were just at a level of healing and wellness that really got my attention again. So that's really part of my story of it. After I went through the training for hypno, well, I had to become a hypnotherapist first. So I went through all that training with East Burns and then I could go into specialties. So I have training in hypnofertility as well as transformational hypnotherapy and gestalt-based hypnotherapy, which I studied with. Fascinating. Yeah, with Drake. But what I came to understand once I started practicing was, first of all, that I was not going to specialize in only hypnofertility because everything else that I experienced with clients, whether they were six years old or 86 years old, was just as fascinating to me as the hypnofertility work. So I certainly practice hypnofertility today, but I also have a generalized practice. But what I noticed over the years of having hypnofertility clients 
who successfully become pregnant and have healthy, beautiful babies. These women were really going through a personal transformation right before my eyes in the 12 plus weeks that we usually work together. Mm -hmm. And I was just fascinated by how that was both analogous to and different from other clients I was seeing who maybe came to me with the intention of wanting to change careers or wanting to pick a new place to live. So the same kinds of issues that women were dealing with over the hypnofertility protocol can bring up and spark transformation in people. And that really got my attention. So where I am today is wanting to offer, and I I have a new program that I'm just launching now that is personal transformation. And I am very excited about it because Again, I've watched the changes in people as I work with them, be it around fertility or anything else. And it's, it's really extraordinary and it's uh, mm-hmm. very exciting. So this program that you're launching, the personal transformation, is it with, through the use of hypnosis or how does it? All of the above. It's oh, the really above. Okay. <laughs> a compilation of everything I've ever worked with and incorporated into my work over the years. So it's, it definitely involves hypnosis and hypnotherapy, but it also is access to a whole compendium of tools and resources and techniques that I have been using. I'm also trained in shamanic healing work with the, and I'm a member of the foundation for shamanic studies. So I've been incorporating those techniques, Mm. which are actually very parallel and analogous to hypnosis. How so? Like how do they parallel? Totally. It's well, it's accessing your own subconscious for whatever, except in shamanism, we call it, you know, journeying to non-ordinary reality, but essentially at the essence level, you're working with the same thing. And so shamanic journey that you do on someone else's behalf to access some information or to help solve some problem or deal with some issue is remarkably similar to hypnotherapy session when Mm. you work with me. It's more alike than it is different. I mean, shamanism predates, you know, it's an ancient, ancient, modality that's been on the planet before any religion. And the, the yes. unique thing about it is that people were practicing it in Siberia and in South America and all over the planet without any connection. There was no internet. There was no mm-hmm. way of, you know, really understanding what people on other parts of the planet were doing. Essentially the same thing. So it's a very clear access to non-ordinary reality, which is essentially your own subconscious and, and the Well, I was going to ask that because in, mm-hmm. so in shamanism, do they see that uh, non-ordinary reality as a part of the person? Like in hypnosis, you see the subconscious is very much a part of the person. And often those beliefs are trying to protect the person from, and so they produce symptoms, Mm -hmm. problems, issues, whatever's going on, questions that 
the hypnotherapist is is accessing and saying, okay, let's see if we don't need these anymore to protect you. Let's see if you can move forward in life without them. That's, you know, one perspective of hypnosis, right? So in shamanism, are you seeing the non-ordinary reality as part of the person or outside of the person? Yes, you know, it's it's not, there is both. Is it both? That's what, that's what I'm saying by saying yes. You know, it really is both. It depends on the person. It depends on what the issue is. It depends on what the issue brings up for them. So just like when you, I assume, you know, work with somebody and they, when they access their special place, when they're deeply relaxed, whatever, all kinds of things may come into that special place. Well, that's essentially... I mean, this is very chunked down, but that's okay. essentially a common way that shamanic healing work opens up. You know, there's there's something there that has meaning to you that then causes you to maybe ask a question or get some information that you didn't have that allows you to see things in a different way. I mean, shamanism right now has probably more interest in the mainstream that it did years ago when I first became aware of it, which was on the East Coast at the New York Open Center when Michael Harner was still alive. Who Michael Harner just passed away this year, but he's the founder of the Foundation for Shamanic Studies, and he's an anthropologist who was an anthropologist who brought it to the Western mind. But the thing that appealed to me when I first started uh, working with it and learning it and being trained by the foundation was it's so practical. It's it's you right there with whatever you've got going on in whatever environment. And, you know, if you can close your eyes and we can have 30 minutes of quiet, you can do a shamanic journey or someone can do a shamanic journey for you. I mean, it's not, it doesn't require Mm. elaborate anything. People use all kinds of stuff and like drumming and like different, Mm-hmm. You know, which is all wonderful. I don't have any issue with that. But the essence of it is available in a very simple and just easy to access way. And I, I like practical. I like stuff that works. I always say I'm the where the rubber meets the road person. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all this esoteric, wonderful stuff and it's fascinating and I'm interested in it and I like to learn about it. But at the end of the day, I like stuff that works and that people can access easily without having to go to extraordinary lengths or, you know, don't need to be in a special place in a special. Yeah, agreed. I, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm very practical. Like I love the esoteric and the philosophy and all of that. Sure. And I love to read about it. And, you know, I read the most fascinating books sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I have read yeah. one about, it's like shamanic, uh, I know it has shamanic in the title, but there's a ton of books that do. But it's about it's about dreams and accessing mm-hmm. really different realities and universes mm-hmm. was the author's proposition in the book through your dreams. But when someone's in my office, I'm also very focused on the practical. I absolutely love worksheets. <laughs> okay. Sure. And, and, and like and, easily you know, accessing healing, which I find hypnosis does, right? It's it, an easy it access does. to healing. That's why I was so drawn to it. But if you do like to read about, you know, Sandra Ingerman is a teacher who I've studied with personally, and she has written, oh, I don't know, probably eight 
10 books at this point. She's very easy to read and, you know, her books are not 800 pages, you know. Uh So, and plus, of course, now she has a lot of stuff online and I think she's doing programs with Sounds True, but Mm. her stuff is very understandable. There's a modality within shamanism called soul retrieval and her books on soul retrieval, I recommend to everybody I do a soul retrieval for because you can Uh read it in an evening, the initial book. And then there's a book called Welcome Home, which is integrating the soul retrieval, which is vital because you can have the most extraordinary soul retrieval, but if you don't integrate it, you're really not going to benefit in your day-to-day life. But I would highly recommend anything written by Sandra Ingerman. Yes, I've read, I think I had a friend that sent me her stuff at one point. Mm -hmm. But so do you do past life regression? Yes, I do. I'm trained in it, you know, and I do use it. But I use it in a, again, whole palette of things that I'm trained in. So when I do an initial intake, I typically spend, it's a 90-minute session because we do an in-depth history and I ask a lot of questions to understand the person's learning style and, and what they're wanting. You know, people have very different requests from the work we do together. So I definitely use past life regression. So I'm going to stop you for a minute. I have tried to set up interviews to interview somebody about past life regression four different times. <laughs> and they have fallen through recently, even like Isn't that past funny? week. Yes. And I'm going to tell the listeners, I had no idea that Ingrid did past life regression when I started this interview, like what, 10, 15 minutes ago, like zero. Yeah. <laughs> this is so funny. It's great. It's great. It works out, right? Like somehow even... Yeah, and you know, the Gestalt technique that I'm trained in actually segues to regression sometimes, or I don't want to say takes the place of, but it's a very interesting, interactive, and again, totally led by the person. So if they Uh are accessing stuff from a past life, we go there. Okay, so it's not like, like it, does someone ever call you and say, I want to do past life regression? I was just going to say that. So the thing that happens is it kind of has a novelty. I don't know how else uh-huh. to describe yeah. it. And so I've had people call me and say, oh, I want to come have a past life regression. And it's more like, you know, my friend had one, so I want to have one now too. Like the novelty of it. Because when I ask them, so what are the kinds of issues you're looking at or what are you mm-hmm. wanting, you know, from this? They don't really know or don't have an answer. And so I'm a little hesitant and cautious. I mean, I really interview people who call me and say, I want to pass life regression. I really ask them in-depth stuff about what they're wanting because often what's been my experience is if somebody says... I just want to come and have a past life regression. It's it's it is kind of a novelty thing. They just want to have done it because their friends have done it. Just or to whatever. do it, okay? Right. That's and interesting. I, yeah, I'm more of the orientation that when we initially connect and if we have rapport and we're going to move forward, you pretty much let me decide what we're going to do. Not that I don't want to hear 
of course, I want to hear everything about the change you're wanting or whatever the results are that you're wanting. But the methodology, I usually determine, you know, I have people contact yeah. Like you have to be the guide. That's what you're saying. Like let me allow me to be the guide. I can't do what I need to do without And trust me to to choose the tool because I totally get that I'm just the conduit, the facilitator. I'm not creating anything for them except the space for them to have the experience that they want. Mm -hmm. And but that's what I really love doing. So let me do it. (laughs) Interesting. I had gone to somebody for that, but I was asking a very specific question. Mm -hmm. I was in a relationship that I really Mm -hmm. wanted to know some things about this relationship. Sure. It actually was, uh, let me call the experience interesting. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I did get some answers. I absolutely did. But it wasn't a very comfortable experience for me, honestly. Yeah. I walked away thinking, I don't want to do that again unless I yeah. really feel like I need to, you know? See, and that's exactly, I mean, that's one aspect that I value so much and am completely committed to, which is in a session or in working with me, it's always led by the client. So nothing is going to pop up. You know, people have that misunderstanding about hypnosis or hypnotherapy sometimes that some big dark memory or experience that they're not ready to know about or think about or that they're not comfortable with is going to come to the forefront and they're going to have to look at it. And I think because of my shamanic orientation, that also really accentuates that nothing ever presents itself that isn't 100% aligned with what's exactly right for you right in this moment. That doesn't mean that even next week, if you come back and we work again, that something else won't show up in a different way. But this is a completely your own highest good or however you want to refer to it. It completely monitors what it is you access. So you're never going to uncover an unpleasant memory that's going to feel negative. You might Mm. uncover stuff that is surprising that you had no idea was there, but that's interesting to you for some reason. But you're not going to have some past horror present itself, you know, that you really don't want in your life right now. And I think that's, I'm especially sensitive to that again, because the, the shamanic whole premise, the way I've been trained, is that you ask, you have to ask the question, you have to ask Mm -hmm. for assistance, you have to ask. If you don't ask, there's nothing. And Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, it's like invoking, it's not that it's going to be presented to you. And again, that doesn't mean that there aren't extraordinary. I mean, I have had healing personal experiences where something so extraordinary and so unexpected but in a good way, you know, it was like profound healing, Mm. but not something that was going to be difficult or frightening. Interesting, because I I do a technique called core healing where we do go back in childhood and sometimes that's in utero and sometimes that's before Mm -hmm. in the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. And I have had the experience of, of clients having... I would say uncomfortable or painful memories come up or feelings associated with the memories. But what I do tell them is 
Like that is what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. We, we will handle that. Right. I will not leave you open on the table bleeding. Like we, we are going, yes. you know, you're not yes. going to be left there. Like yes. we are going to integrate that. And the purpose here is, is healing. It's to heal that so that when you do come out of the hypnosis, when we are doing that healing part that you do feel wonderful afterwards that you do feel like this is healing and hopeful and right i'm solving something here yeah so i really think we're saying the same thing in two slightly different ways again you know because of my initial shamanic orientation i have a different way of framing it mm-hmm. but it's really essentially at the end of the session i think more we're saying the same thing that we allow the person to access it and then they have that confidence that they're going to be whole. They're going to be in a good yes. place with it. It's not going to be this gaping new question or fear or terror even, you know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's what I think the, the therapeutic environment creates, mm-hmm. right? Like that safety. Mm-hmm. You have a safe space here to process these things and to heal from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Okay. So you're saying sometimes when you're working in a hypnosis session, then a past life event may come up unexpectedly. Like the person didn't enter in thinking that's, that's what, that's we what I'm coming about. in for. Right. 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 Comes up. Definitely. Yeah. It can happen. And to me, it's more consistent with how we're already working. So it's not necessarily, you know, it may be surprising. It may be neither one of us knew that was going to come up, mm-hmm. but we proceed the same way we would proceed as if any any other turn in the road had happened where, you know, all of a sudden you're segueing into thinking about maybe a time in your past that you hadn't not all of the work I do is interactive, meaning that when the person is in, in trance and deep hypnosis, sometimes we are doing an interactive process where I'm asking them questions where they may access some time in their life that they hadn't thought about in a long time or didn't realize was connected to their current issue. And I kind of, I deal with the regression work kind of the same way. There are techniques where you go back to the first time you felt that way, the first time. So now, oh, there you're five years old and then you remember you were three and you felt that way. And that sometimes just organically leads to regression Mm -hmm. without the person having verbalize that or my having verbalized it. Yes. And, and when um, we, we say regression, I just wanted to let the listeners know that means going back in time. So it may be five years old and then three years old and then someone's accessing an even earlier memory is what regression means. Yeah. So what, whether that's in utero or a past life, you know, that's all accessible and can be worked with. And again, in my way of working, it's entirely up to the person and what they're wanting. So so you're asking permission as you go, which I yeah. do that sometimes. Like, do you want to look at this or did yes. I offer them the option and they can say yes, yes or no, or I don't know. <laughs> so we say there too sometimes, right? Yes. And that's all, again, I didn't know I'd be talking about shamanism 
this much, but it's so parallel to shamanic healing work. When you're doing a journey on someone else's behalf, you're asking your power animals, your higher, you know, your helpers, every kind of support you have. So should we look over here? Is this relevant? You know, you're, you're, it's a state of inquiry. And I find that very similar to what I do in other hypnotherapeutic techniques where you're open to whatever's being presented and it can sometimes be quite unexpected. And then how far you go into that inquiry is up to the client. If they're really wanting to unravel it or see it all out in front of them, that happens. Or it may just be, yep, that's over there. You know, maybe another time we'll look at that some more. Yes, yes. Yeah. Fascinating. So have you ever had someone have, an, let's say, unexpected past life come up that beforehand said, would say, like, I don't even believe in past lives? Has that ever happened? My answer is yes. I have a couple of times where the person was aware of it, but I think it's also happened with a client who didn't even verbalize because we didn't even talk about past life as an option. And again, because it so organically presented itself and Uh the client was comfortable, he actually was 100% fine with then talking about, oh yeah, that is from another lifetime. You know, it, it wasn't something he asked for or that we had a conversation about. And when it did come up in the work we did, he was very comfortable with it. So it's incredibly individualized. I I still almost wince when people initially contact me and they describe what they want and they say, so how many sessions is that going to take? It's like, <laughs> right. you know what? <laughs> I'm really good at what I do, but I still can't give you a final cast in stone number. I mean, with some things, you know, yeah. what I consider more superficial, and I don't mean superficial, but quitting smoking and nail biting and that kind of stuff. After you get their story, I can generally give a very accurate prediction. But that's the other end of the spectrum, which is the stuff that is so, so fascinating to me is it, it's like an unraveling. And what I love is, you know, somebody will come regarding a specific issue. I always remember this woman who had extreme teeth clenching issues and mm-hmm. it really, really caused uh, problems for her. Mm-hmm. And we completely dealt with that. And that was very gratifying and rewarding and wonderful. And then six months later, I hear from her again, not because of anything related to the bruxism, to the grinding, teeth grinding, but she's looking at a whole new career. She's looking at completely changing what she does for a living. I mean, totally unrelated from a very academic career to to doing something creative and in some ways scary. But to me, you know, knowing her story and what she shared with me, what I saw was she had so much of her attention and energy tied up in this habit. And whether the habit is grinding your teeth or smoking or some other anxiety pattern, 
it takes up a lot of space. It takes up a lot of bandwidth. And when that's resolved, and I sometimes see people have this experience just within one session where they access that profound deep relaxation and anxiety and stress relief. And it's like, whoa, I didn't even see that there are like all these other possibilities over here, all these other choices I could be looking at. And that's that piece right there alone would probably keep me doing this work for a long time because it's so gratifying it to is. see that yeah. aha kind of thing, whether it happens right before your eyes or like I say, people contact me six months, a year later after they've initially worked with me. And now... They're talking about, well, maybe living in another part of the world is something they're going to make a plan for and go do. It wasn't even on their screen when we first Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I have the same experience. And often what I tell people is that your healing phase and your healing, it's not even really a phase, your healing will continue far into the future. Mm-hmm. So your healing doesn't stop when you walk out my door. It's not like, yeah. oh, I healed you and you're fixed. Not at all. You know, right, like right. you access parts of yourself that healed yourself for one thing. And two, that continues far into the future. Yes. So it's really interesting how you put it. It's like, yeah, their energy is not focused over here anymore. They're not yeah. constantly about the next cigarette or how sore their jaw is. And right. <laughs> or or happen, you know, right? any other stressful anxiety yeah. issue. It takes up a lot of your attention and focus. Right. And I, that's really why the personal transformation program that I've put together is the end result of seeing the possibilities and they're not, it's not for everybody. You know, a lot of people, I'm sure you see this and know this, people resist change. People who come to you and say, Mm -hmm. I have this issue and I don't like it. And then you start working with them and you, you get a sense of how attached they are to it and how much they don't want to give it up. And we mm-hmm. are creatures of habit and we do what we do because that's what I always do. You don't pick up the toothbrush and think, which end shall I use? Or, you know, what do I do with it? You know, we're, we're habituated creatures. Yes. Yeah. And I think some of that is, some of that change is motivated by how much of a problem is it for you? So there's a big difference of someone walking in and Maybe they want to stop this, right? Because it causes them a little problem. Right. Someone who's calling you and on the phone, they start crying and say, I, I can't do this another day. Like, please right. help me. You mm-hmm. know, it's like the motivation there is very, very different for change. It is. And, and there are many kind of levels of it, meaning the most classic, simple one is if somebody contacts me and says they want to schedule for a non-smoking thing and I ask them why they want to stop smoking and they say their partner or whatever said they absolutely absolutely have to stop. I mean, that's the perfect example of this isn't yes. going to work for you. You know, it's <laughs> true. You know? So that really can be extrapolated over all these other much more complex kinds of issues. Yes. So, I have you know, a, my mentor actually, she will say that if someone will come in for stop smoking and you can do the, it's custom hypnosis still because we're looking at your motivations and all of this. So she's like, but if that doesn't work for them, 
You need to go to a deeper level. And some people are willing to do that and some people are not. Exactly. Exactly. And that's really valid from my experience, regardless of what you're dealing with. You know, I work with cancer patients, not because hypnosis cures cancer, but if you're going through receiving a cancer diagnosis, having to go through radiation or chemo, or if you're doing some completely unconventional protocol, knowing how to moderate and modulate your own stress is key. It's it's very, very significant in what your experience is going to Absolutely. be like. Absolutely. Yes. And that's shown... Experience. Yeah. That's shown through the research, like faster healing rates and less experience of pain. Mayo Clinic and pain medication. Yeah, absolutely. I have lots of research. So, but the thing, even within that very specific group of kinds of clients, within cancer patients, I have people who are extraordinarily motivated to become as well as they can so that they can have the most benefit from whatever protocol they're following. And then I've had other cancer clients who are so attached to their diagnosis and to that it can't ever be any different than Mm -hmm. it is that I've watched them literally lock themselves into a very limited space of possibilities, you know, and again, it's not that hypnosis can cure anything, but if you're going, if you receive, just receiving a diagnosis like that is incredibly stressful and anxiety producing, just like receiving the word from your OBGYN, if you're a, if you're a woman trying to get pregnant and you have all the tests and they say, well, there's nothing, there's no diagnosis. You don't have a physical problem. Go home and do what with that? You know, that's kind of the, (laughs) Yes. wow, you know, so one more thing that you're going to feel inadequate or like there's something wrong with you because the doctor's saying there's nothing wrong physically. So it, it works on many levels, many different kinds of issues that, that we all struggle with at different times. And I'm passionate about sharing simple self-hypnosis stuff with kids too, because Mm. that's the demographic. If you start incorporating it into your life when you're four or five years old, you're going to have a much easier time when you hit adolescence, for instance, and there are different kinds of challenges and stresses that can easily become overwhelming, you know, just to have had that firsthand experience that, hey, I can do something about how I feel. So Mm -hmm. it's a bully on the playground, or I don't even want to mention the stuff teens today are dealing with and, and having, being exposed to, just to feel like you have some easy to access, works for you tool that brings you into a place where I can just either distance myself from this or take a few minutes to reconsider, is this something I really want to do? Or, you know, Mm -hmm. all those many, many challenges of growing up in the world Absolutely. Well, I want to be mindful of our time and we are coming to the end of it. So can you, I know, right? (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) You didn't, we didn't talk anything about what we expected, right? (laughs) Very fast hour. Absolutely. It was. So can you tell people how to find you? 
Sure. Probably the easiest way is my website, which is Boulder Hypnotherapy Center. Dot com. I also can be reached at 303-776-8100. I really do welcome all questions because most people don't understand what this is. I certainly didn't before I got involved in it. And the benefits are, are really unlimited, what's possible. Absolutely agree. So thank you so much for being here and that... Ingrid's contact information will also be in the show notes and on my website if you want to access it then. So thank you again for being here. My pleasure. truly enjoyed today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way, more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace.